You're listening to the Future Sense podcast. You can find us online at futuresense.it. Welcome to episode 134. I'm Steve McDonald, and in this episode, I'll be looking at why our social systems seem to be falling apart. And I'm also going to explain one of the significant trends that's shaping the emerging next generation social systems, and that is decentralization. So this will involve firstly looking at some historical patterns that are typical of rising and falling societies. And then we'll look at the trajectory of the current dominant global paradigm, which is trending away from the individual focus of the scientific industrial era, which was layer five in Claire Graves' system, towards a future communal focus in layer six, which of course includes decentralization. As always, I'll be drawing upon the research of Dr. Claire W. Graves, which reveals patterns of human consciousness that shape everything we do. And one of the largest predictive patterns that he identified was a long-term swing between living with a focus on community and living with a focus on our individuality. And you can think of that as a pendulum swing with, for example, a focus on community and It will reach an extreme to the point where it becomes too much and it feels stifling and then the pendulum starts to swing back the other way to individuality and eventually that becomes too much and we have too much individuality and disconnection and the pendulum starts to swing back again. So right now in history we find ourselves in a pendulum swing that's taking us from a very individual era, the scientific industrial era or layer five in Graves' model and swinging back towards community again at layer six. As we go through these pendulum swings, we are actually in a spiraling motion. So if you look at a spiral from the side in a two-dimensional perspective, you will see it looks kind of like a pendulum going backwards and forwards from one side to the other, yet there is forward motion through the, the spiral as well. And so in this case, in the case of human history and human development, that forward movement is taking us from a place of relative simplicity in the past to a place of relative complexity in the future. And as we move along that spectrum of complexity, there are times where the complexity starts to overwhelm our way of living, our worldview, our value systems, and our social systems. And we have to go through a transformational change in order to adapt to the higher level of complexity. And again, this is where we find ourselves right now, is coming to the limit of the usefulness of the scientific industrial or modern way of living, the modern values uh, and the modern worldview, and having to watch those systems that we've created and that way of living that we've created start to fall apart simply because it doesn't work anymore, uh, as at the same time we start to see the emergence of a new and more complex coping system. The only really good well-recorded precursor we have for this is the transformation from the agricultural era to the scientific industrial era. And that took place over quite some hundreds of years. Uh, There were significant tipping points like the scientific and industrial revolutions, for example. But you could go right back to the Middle Ages and even back further than that and see that a lot of the chaos that was created around that time was really due to a battle of values between the old values and the emerging new values. What we know about that particular transformation was that society changed from being a very rigid class-based system where you, you were born into a class and you were stuck in that class for life 
to a relatively flexible success-based system in the scientific industrial era. Uh, and that, of course, has led us to where we are right now. So we can look at how significant the changes were and how significantly our technology changed, our ways of managing society changed and, and our value systems changed during that period and overlay that on where we are right now. And of course, the changes won't be the same, but in relative terms, the degree of change is somewhat similar in this shift we are really only just entering into right at the moment, or at least entering into the most significant and rapid part of the shift. These uh, eras or uh, layers that I'm talking about uh, have representative value systems, and these value systems don't go away. So each new value system, for example, the agricultural era value system or the, the scientific industrial era value system, each new one is laid over the top of the previous ones. And so we end up with a nest of value systems. So the scientific industrial era has been the product of a nesting of five separate value systems from pure survival hunter-gatherer existence uh, at the very core through tribalism and martial ways of living and agricultural ways of living and scientific industrial ways of living. And if you look around in society, you can still see those value systems present. So these old value systems don't disappear, but what does happen is they fall away from being dominant and they are superseded by a newer and more capable value system. When we look at the historical rise and fall of societies, what we're really looking at is a transition between value sets where the previous value system becomes overwhelmed with complexity and simply can't cope and so its bell curve drops away and you get this overlap with an emerging new value system where there's been a transformation of consciousness and people are starting to think in more complex ways, they can solve problems more easily and so we get the emergence of the new bell curve and it's that wave-like motion of moving through these bell curves that's taking us forward on the complexity spectrum uh, of the overall spiraling motion of human development. And added to that, we've got the previous pattern we mentioned, which is that left-to-right pendulum swing between community focus and individual focus. In those areas where two bell curves are overlapping, so we've got one value set and its associated society collapsing, and a new value set emerging, and new systems starting to form, it can be extremely polarizing, just as we're seeing now globally, and also quite chaotic. And during these times, one of the simplest navigation tools we can have is to know whether our world is trending towards individuality, or whether it's trending towards community. And right now we are trending towards community. So simply by allowing yourself to follow those currents which are taking us forward into building more resilient communities and bringing resources back to communities instead of being centralised, we can cope much, much better with the change process. Let's talk now about the emerging value system, the beginning of a new bell curve pattern which is already underway and one of the key trends, centralisation. This is a fundamental structural trend that we find in all of the community-oriented value systems. So if we look back in history, we'll see this movement between centralization and decentralization with decentralization in the communal systems and centralization in the individually oriented systems. 
So what's all that mean in everyday life? Well, in the present context, what we're seeing is the centralised systems of the old paradigm becoming less and less effective and creating more and more problems and a natural movement away towards decentralisation, which is showing up as a level playing field arrangement of networked decentralised systems that usually seek consensus within the system. And the key problem-solving strategy of these new decentralised systems is redistribution of resources and skills within the network. So people look and they say, okay, things are out of balance. There's too much of this over there and too much of that over there. We need to shift all of this around and rebalance our world. Ideally, everybody will have access to everything. And just as that sounds, often layer six aspirations tend to be somewhat idealistic or utopian. So not 100% achievable, but nevertheless, most useful at this time on the planet. The process of decentralization also involves the relocalization of resources, which means catering for variations in local life conditions, serving the majority of people in the places where they live rather than just serving a centralized ruling minority. If you look around the world right now, you'll see this actually happening. And some examples are in the case of nation states and political structures and systems. We're seeing the fragmentation of political parties, often there, we've had the dominance of just two parties within various nation states uh, over the past decades, and now those two central parties are starting to fragment. We're seeing the rise of small political parties and also a lot of independent uh, members of uh, politics, and uh, the breaking down and the the uh, I guess two party systems becoming quite dysfunctional and perhaps no greater example in the media than the American system right at the moment. No country seems to be exempt though. It seems to be happening everywhere. We're seeing the fragmentation of the European Union, which again is a breakdown of centralization with Brexit and other potential exits on the cards. We're seeing the fragmentation of nation states, and this is something we should absolutely expect given that nation states emerged with the scientific industrial era, and we should see that structure changing as the value system changes. Uh, the United Kingdom, we've had Scotland uh, recently voting on whether or not to separate, and uh, long time talk about the breakup of the UK. In the United States, there's been uh, motions and talk of different states separating from the union. Here in Australia, during the uh, recent pandemic response, there was a very notable independent theme amongst the various states in Australia with different states approaching the problem in very, very different ways and some uh, much more harshly than others and uh, a, a real absence of national unity in terms of our approach to the pandemic. China, of course, has long had problems with... Uh, dissident groups, and the most recent uh, thing in the media, of course, has been the tension in Hong Kong. So again, all of these examples of fragmentation are examples of the breakdown of centralization. And because the old paradigm values prefer competition over cooperation, this actually breeds separation. And this is one of the, the mechanisms whereby the paradigm has created problems for itself in its later stage. 
its tendency also to exploit whatever it can to get the best out of things uh, for the reasons of succeeding has downgraded many of our social systems as well from a, a place of actually serving the community to a place of simply serving those who wield the power. And again, this is all part of that uh, we versus me, the communal versus individual pendulum swing mechanism. Examples of decentralization showing up as evidence of new systems emerging are moves that we see towards independence and the sovereignty movement itself, which is quite big and growing around the world. That is people attempting to legally divorce themselves from centralized control, uh, localized uprisings. We're likely to see uh, a flare-up of this, I think, post the US elections and probably not just in the US either, but uh, perhaps uh, Europe and other places as well. And even the possibility of civil warfare, uh, which is essentially warfare between two different value sets, the old value set and the new value set. Since the wave of layer six values emerged around about the 1960s, we've seen the emergence of a lot of bubbles of these new values uh, as represented as communities around the world. Places like Esalen have been leaders in the process of focusing on and developing new solutions based around the new value set. And of course, with the advent of the internet, then these bubbles of the new values have been able to network themselves together around the world. And certainly where I'm living here in Byronshire in Australia is one of those bubbles. Um, there are other places around the world, many other places, of course, which have led the way, uh, Northern Europe being one in particular. The west coast of the USA has been an obvious area too, and also Hawaii. And we're, we're now reaching the point where there are so many of these bubbles around the world and they're so connected through the internet that uh, we're getting a, a very significant network effect and quite a, a bit of momentum, um, which is, again, a very decentralised approach, uh, having a network of remotely located communities which are connecting together. The sea change or tree change trend where people burn out and bail out of the rat race in the cities and move closer to nature is often feeding these new communities. And of course, the the outbreak of the pandemic and the shutting down of uh, many centralised offices and people working remotely is accelerating that process as well. As I've said previously, while the pandemic certainly hasn't been fun, it has actually accelerated the process of change. And many of the problems that have arisen as a result of the pandemic's disruption have actually highlighted the need for us to relocalize our resources and rebuild our communities and make them resilient. In terms of our economic system, the old paradigm's mindset has always been to push everything to its limit in order to get as much out of it as we can. And this resulted in the periodic crashing of our economic system, which showed up in the stock markets crashing periodically. And the long-term impact of that kind of system design and, and that uh, modus operandi was to shift money away from the majority of people to a tiny percentage, uh, the 1%, as we say, uh, due to the hierarchical nature of that systems operating pattern. And the longer that pattern runs that way, the more extreme it becomes, which makes it quite unsustainable, like most of the patterns that were produced by layer five values. They were designed to get results quickly and really without sustainability in mind. That's a reflection of the short-term thinking that we typically see in individually oriented value systems. There's further evidence of decline in the problems being faced by various central banks at the moment and the European Central Bank 
And overall, the global financial system was forecast quite some years ago to go through a major upset this year. And of course, that has gone ahead exactly on time. And one of the organizations that forecast that quite accurately is Armstrong Economics, which is one of our sources for economic information. And of course, most commentators have blamed the economic issues this year on the pandemic. It's almost as if the pandemic uh, has been a very convenient cover for something that was going to happen anyway. And although there's no evidence that I'm aware of that it was a deliberate economic crash, uh, it's quite possible that we might see some evidence emerging sometime in the future that point to uh, at least a small amount of engineering to create this economic disaster that's unfolding globally right at the moment. So how's decentralization emerging in the economic uh, arena? Well, most notably in the form of cryptocurrency, which is based on encrypted decentralized ledger technology, which have been very intentionally designed to try and avoid the problems that were created by the old systems. In other words, particularly corruption and overly centralized control. Because economic power was one of the main tools for control in the old paradigm, the old era, we're seeing a lot of pushback from governments against uh, cryptocurrency technology. And considerable efforts are being made, uh, often behind the scenes at the moment, to launch centrally controlled digital currencies by national governments in an effort to try and hold on to their power, but also take advantage of the new technologies. Finally, let's take a look at how our healthcare systems are changing. The old paradigm's centralised approach to healthcare has been focused on the allopathic method, and it's been driven by big pharmaceutical companies who prefer to have you keep taking their drugs as long as possible to maintain their profits. So their business interests really don't want you to be cured with one pill, that's for sure. In terms of the medical profession, specialisation has gone from being extremely useful to the point where it's hard to get a holistic diagnosis because doctors have become too specialised and can only treat one of your body systems and not the whole system. And how many people do you know that have been sent between one doctor and another doctor and another doctor trying to figure out what's actually wrong with their overall system? Again, this comes from losing sight of the connections between things. And of course, the current pandemic has really very well highlighted the disadvantages of our current competitive centralised healthcare systems. And this has caused a great deal of confusion over which drugs work and which drugs don't work, simply because of the competitive actions of the various pharmaceutical companies. The emerging paradigm is taking multiple perspectives on healthcare, embracing many different alternative understandings of health and well-being in a decentralised fashion which has been an emerging trend for decades now. The focus is returning to human well-being and is really centred on the person and caring for the person. The human body is being reimagined as a complex network that needs to be understood holistically as one interconnected system. Instead of attending a centralised healthcare facility, our emerging decentralised approach provides us with a vast array of alternative treatment choices. That's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm recording this on the 14th of October. And the biggest thing on my radar at the moment is the US presidential election in early November. I think there's a strong likelihood of civil unrest and economic disruption in the weeks and months following the election. So that will be the focus of the next episode of Future Sense. I hope you'll tune in. Thanks for listening and take care. You've been listening to the Future Sense podcast, brought to you by the nonprofit Agency for Advanced Development of Integrative Intelligence part of the RD Mesh Foundation.
You can find us online at futuresense.it where you can subscribe for free and also link to our social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook.